And we're back with another episode of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here from the Lakers Fast Break, Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, and Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Thank you so much for listening to all of our great programs. Mixed weekend for the Lakers as they went into Memphis and John Moran, angry at a Twitter troll, decided to go ahead and take his frustrations out on the Lakers and they pretty much trounced the Lakers and what anyone is going to be perceived as a lousy and uh, uninspiring performance. But then they made up for it with, even though they didn't have Anthony Davis and Alex Caruso, they did make more than make up for it in New Orleans, where once again, it was a matchup with LeBron versus Zion with LeBron still showing that edge right now. And uh, even though Zion was, you know, he performed very admirably, did a great job. Fortunately, it wasn't enough because LeBron, in the end of the day, just proved to be too much for the New Orleans Pelicans. A lot of stuff going on, including possible new entries, a departure, and what really is LeBron's MVP hopes for this season. We're going to talk about all those things today and more on today's show with my good friend. I know him as Tom Wong, but you know him as the commander-in-chief of Lakerholics.net. Be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.net. It is my good friend. It is Laker Tom. Tom, it's always great to have you back on the program. It's a pleasure being in here, Gerald. It's, uh, I look forward to our conversations every week. I think you do a terrific job as a moderator. You always uh, fill in the blank spots. You always have a good selection of topics to discuss and talk about and and, and you have true uh, purple and gold blood running through those veins. Well, I'm trying. I'm trying. Do you want to give a big shout out to Genius Immortal for watching? Appreciate it so much. Thanks for stopping by the Lakers fast break. But yes, uh, the Clippers are going to look like they are moving out of the Staples Center, which is great for the Lakers. They're going to create, yep. again, their own building one more time. It's going to be awesome again. Well, again, they do have to share it with the Kings, but that's another story altogether. At least the Kings have championships. How about that? They have championships. That's true. That's it's a true. different sport, at least. Yes, yes. It's they a play on a different type of court, you know? It's, yes, it's a, exactly. It's a different type of ball. It's a whole different thing. Exactly. And thank you, Genius Immortal, for subscribing. You can subscribe to our shows anywhere you get your podcasts and also, of course, right here on YouTube. We truly appreciate it. But let's get down to the nitty-gritty, my friend. It was a mixed weekend. A mixed bag weekend this weekend for the Lakers. They did go into Memphis and met a very motivated John Morant, who I think is tired of hearing the rookie of the year talk slipping away from him when mm -hmm. he's done really nothing wrong. Right. And, you know, I know we talked about this and you thought I was on the side of Zion, but I'm not on the side of Zion, even though he's tr played truly brilliantly. I just think that there's going to be a lot of talking heads talking about how Zion is going should be the rookie of the year in only playing 37 games, which I don't think would be should be the case. Play but. At least half the at least half the season. I think Patrick Ewing won it with 50 games, and I think that was the fewest number of games that an MB, that a rookie of the year ever got. Well, that was a pretty. A, poor, I, I looked at that field he was matched up against, and that was a pretty poor, uh, right. you know, competition. But that would be a travesty. I mean, and and I and I as I said in the last podcast, I, I really. I really have a lot of respect for John Moran. He's hard to keep out of the key, and he, and talk about a lightning quick guy who can get, who's got the hops to put that ball down anywhere. Um, he, he played a great game, and uh, and and basically they uh, their entire team played a great game. You know they had a lot of support, especially from the zebras. You know we've gone two games now where the Lakers have gotten, you know haven't even gotten in double digits on foul calls. Um, and it's to me, it's that's one of a huge travesty that that LeBron James keeps getting, you know, keeps getting disrespected by the officials and not getting the simple bumps and and nudges that other offensive players get every time they go to the hoop. Um, I, I that's just really irritates me to no end. Um, I thought that the game, the last two games were just perfect examples of LeBron having contact on every single drive that he makes to the basket. Contact that if it was James Harden, he would be standing at the line shooting free throws. Um, it was a testament to the Lakers that they went through that, they worked through that and won the game last night. Um, and and I think, that, you know, one of the things that I think is a harbinger of what's to come, 
as we talked about last time, LeBron averages 20% more in the playoffs than he does the regular season. And generally, he finishes the second half of the season sort of ramping up toward the playoffs rather than just trying to turn it all on at once. And last night, I think we saw a preview of of a type of offensive sets that we may see a lot of as we head toward this, down the stretch, and we're definitely going to see the playoffs, which is LeBron, which is the Lakers clearing one side of the court and letting LeBron go one-on-one. Um, it's a recipe for success that you can't match because there's very few people that could stop him from going one-on-one. It's the Lakers version of uh, of Russell Westbrook, if you will. You know, you want to put Russ one-on-one against somebody and spread the court out. Same thing with LeBron. You want to clear one whole side of the court for him, line up three-point shooters above the mark, and then let LeBron go to work. And you're either going to get a wide-open three-point shot or a layup, one or the other. Um I thought that was just tremendous play by LeBron. He did take one three and nailed it, you know, during that stretch. But he, you know, he he lived at that model that if the game gets tough and comes down to the line, you want to attack basket. That's the way you win the game, especially when you've got the skills that LeBron has. And you're talking about the game against New Orleans Pelicans. Yes, Yeah, second game against the Pelicans. You're the trying second to blot, game against the Pelicans. Yes, that was Sunday's game. You're trying to blot out Saturday's game against Jean Morant because again, that's the game you just flush it, Gerald. What else can you do? I mean, it was an uninspired game. Your favorite player Rondo got all sorts of activity. Kuzma got all sorts of activity. They both had team leading negative plus minuses. Um, and you know, I give credit to the Grizzlies, you know, one thing that always happens and I've mentioned this over and over is why you just have to really respect the road record that the Lakers have and the record that they have against teams with losing records because they come out and take care of business almost every time. And so there's a, you know, this is the NBA and any, any five guys that you've got on these teams can have a game that was just terrific. And, and the Grizzlies did, you know, they they won every loose ball. They won every 50-50 ball went their way. Every bounce went their way. You know, they'd shoot the ball and miss it by a mile and the rebound would bounce right out to somebody. And the Lakers just couldn't seem to, to get the right right plays at the right time. They got it down to nine points and and then a couple of big plays by, you know, by the Grizz or by the uh, Grizzlies basically saved that game out. And Morant, uh, you know, he's. Uh, I think I, I, I said he was. Uh, he reminded me of Jason Tatum in the way he moves that ball around and can make a shot from almost any angle as he's attacking the basket. And he threw some little shots up there, some little floaters that were like sidearm floaters on the move sideways that that just swished. Played a great game, and they had several players that, that had great games. You know, I mean, they were, you know, call it. Call it tanking for Memphis to be the team that we want to play instead of the Pelicans or however you do it. We beat the Pelicans twice, lost to the Memphis. That's a three-game stretch there for the Memphis Grizzlies to thank us. And hopefully they'll thank us by getting swept in the playoffs. Yeah, let's hope that indeed. Although thank you also as well to that Twitter troll for going ahead <laughs> and inspiring, and I'm saying that in quotations, inspiring John Moran to do so well against LeBron. Well, you got to feel for Ja. I mean, everybody's everybody's. I tell you, the two the two contests that just drive me crazy are all of the people wanting to give Zion the Rookie of the Year, and all of the people who want to give Giannis MVP. When the truth of the matter is, the MVP of this season should be LeBron James, and the Rookie of the Year should be Ja Morant. Well, let's let's talk about this real quick before we go into LeBron okay. and MVP and all that. I wanted to go ahead and exactly – I just wanted to go ahead and agree with Genius Immortal here because he said he quietly thinks that the Lakers let Memphis win and then destroyed the Pels because they're angling to get Memphis in the first round. I think Memphis is a better matchup as well for the Lakers. I just don't think they have enough around the team as a whole that they compete with. I think of the two – the more well-rounded team is the New Orleans Pelicans. I think if you looked at it as far as from a whole health standard over an 82-game period, the New Orleans Pelicans would probably be in a far better place than they are right now, three games behind Memphis in the Western Conference standings. So, uh, you know, I know, and Genius Immortal also adding in, John Morant reminds us so much of an early Kobe where you can just see that inner fire. 
and how every move he makes is poetry in motion. These are all great points, Genius Immortal, and I agree with you that he does have that inner fire. The thing is, can he stay motivated? And obviously by being inspired by these Twitter trolls, but it's the every game in and out. Kobe always found that motivation for some reason or another. He didn't even worry about Twitter trolls at that time. He always found some reason to be motivated and stay the competitive individual he is. And if John Morant has that, he bottles that and you know unleashes it every game, the sky's the limit for John Morant. I think he could be truly one of the great players in the league before all is said and done. Yeah, I think he's going to definitely be a top 10 player. And, and he's he's actually turned it on since Jaron Jackson got hurt. And, you know, that definitely, you know, has really probably taken them away from me and almost a sure uh, eighth seed in the in the league, you know. Um, as as to whether or not the Lakers really tanked it or something like that, I think that you just run into games every so often. You run out of gas and the other teams, the other teams got the hops that night. And, and I think that the Lakers just ran into a situation like that. I think it's it's uh, it's ridiculous to really think that that the Lakers had any motivation of who they wanted to play in the eighth seed. Frankly, I don't think the Lakers care one bit who's the number eight seed or seven no, seed, seed. And you can't even really, <laughs> uh, it, it, well, it's hard to even go ahead and try and angle for that because it's yeah. like 25 games out. So right. you don't know what's going to happen in 25 games. And there's, it is a three game buffer between the eight seed Memphis and everybody else. So the Lakers do a great job of, Staying in the moment, like Frank Vogel says, and playing yeah. each game, each game for a game that, that you know, this, today's game is all that counts. Was well, it last game? Not the next game. Well, the moment that they stayed in, it wasn't very good moment on Saturday, <laughs> but it sure made up right. for it on Sunday. Yep. And uh, genius and moral. And we still have a six-game lead in the loss column over yes. over the Clippers and the uh, Nuggets. So not too bad at all. No, and he, gonna, we no, have I, we have the number one seed locked up pretty much. I, I just, I just, you're right. I think you're right, Genius Tomorrow. I think LeBron and AD have a certain motivation against New Orleans, especially AD. But unfortunately, AD did not play this Sunday in New Orleans, which was kind of unusual. I think he would, I think going back on it, maybe he should have chosen to not play against Memphis. But, you know, every time he plays against New Orleans, he usually plays very, very well. Uh, two 40 point games in the first two games against uh, New Orleans. So, they're going to win either which way. It all depends on if they're going to sweep it or they're going to win uh, one game against the Lakers. I, that, that's just either team. I think New Orleans can take one game. I think Memphis will just get swept. Yeah, I, I think both teams are likely to get swept. Um, I think the thing that the thing that you look at the Lakers is they have the best record in the league for close games. You know, that's that's one of the end. They're the best road team, the best uh, close game team, um, and. And a lot of that is pretty simple to understand. It's LeBron James, man. If you got LeBron James on your lineup and you come in down the last three or four minutes of a game and it's tied, the Lakers have a huge advantage. Although he's not statistically the best clutch player. That is Chris Paul amazingly doing an outstanding job in Oklahoma mm -hmm. City. That's to be that's to his compliment that he's taken a bad situation where he was basically punted by James Harden in Houston and turned around to provide a team which has some certain holes now, but their future is looking good in Oklahoma city. And he is really doing it for them and their way player playing way above their pay grade at this point in time. So props to the Oklahoma city thunder and where they're at, but getting back to the Lakers, my friend, well, before, before you leave that, think about that trade. Yeah, that was a trade of two guys who's had contracts that people said you couldn't trade, and two guys that people said, "Why would you want to trade for them?" And look at look at what they've both done. Yes, uh, they both they have both turned their careers around. I mean, especially yes. Westbrook. Westbrook all of a sudden is looking like maybe the best guard in the West. Exactly, um, and he's he, become unstoppable now that they're playing a five-out small ball lineup with it's it's Daryl Morey and Mike D'Antoni's dream come true. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break podcast. 
Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. The better that these Marvel films do, the higher the standards are going to be for not just other films in general, but other Marvel films also. I think it's really hard to end a show with this many fans in a satisfying way. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Playing worldwide on radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. And in Chris Paul, you know, here's a contract that he nobody wanted. Uh, the Clippers basically signed him and signed him and Blake Griffin to big contracts in order to dump him, and they were able to do it. That's pretty miraculous. Uh, but Oklahoma City is, you know, they're they're doing as well as you could expect, and even better. You know, it's it's an amazing trade when you think that that you know, a good sign and trade type of deal. You know, that really helped both teams. And resurrected both guys' careers. Although I don't know how much longer Chris can continue to play uh, at his age. You know, he's always got these injuries that seem to derail him in the postseason. But uh, really, a, rem- a remarkable, a remarkable trade. And and uh, I still think that the Rockets are going to be a team that nobody wants to play in the playoffs. Not with Westbrook and Harden as the two attack dogs and a whole bunch of three-point shooters surrounding him. No, That's- Westbrook is you're, – you're right. Westbrook is playing at a level commensurate to what he was doing as an MVP, maybe even a little bit better. Uh, you know, a winning style now, a winning yeah. style because he gave up all of those wild threes yes. shooting 30%. Yeah, or no, he wasn't even shooting 30%, my friend. He was shooting closer to 20 so yeah. that's why one reason they're doing so well. It's it's fun to see that they're trying to go ahead and incorporate small ball. And it looks a lot better aesthetically than what we saw last year with James Harden. Dribble, 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 dribble. And I know for Chris Paul, like I said, the trade has done well for them. In Oklahoma City, their future is looking brighter because of the fact that they've got all those draft picks. All those draft picks. Plus, when Chris Paul leaves, they've got a $40 million off the books. So they've got, you know, the future's looking bright for some of these teams like New Orleans and, and Oklahoma City, which were really smart about how the way they, they uh, you know, conducted their trade. So shows, it shows what a great general manager can do. Yeah, you know? well, don't get me started on that, my friend. That's another conversation <laughs> we've had already. And uh, well, the- what, about our, what about our general manager now? Let's, let's, let's get into this whole, well, whole situation. Okay. It looks like... It looks like the strategy all along, Gerald, despite what you and I and millions of pundits thought, was that they weren't going to reach for anything extravagant during the trade deadline. And instead, they were going to count on the buyout market. And lo and behold, uh, their strategy seems to work. Markeith Morris, Markeith Morris is the second best defensive rating on the team right now. He's played two games. I know, but he's also shooting. He's also shooting. He's uh, he's also uh, shooting forty percent from three. All right. Well, let's uh, let's, uh, let's he's see. Played very well, and I, and I think it's four games, isn't it? Uh, yes. Let's let's be a little bit. Let's let's take a larger this sample. This is your side. man. This is your man, Marquis. Yeah, well, I, no, that, he's only my man because I proposed a trade where he was a throw-in. I really was after. Derek Rose and Christian Wood in the trade in the trade machine. You're Christian man, Wood, man. Christian Wood, you know, he was just a, a journeyman bumping around and getting waved by every team. And look at him now; he's playing unreal for Detroit. Yeah, all three, guys, yeah, listen, all three guys that you had on that trade were that would have been a good trade for the Lakers. Yes. But yes. but thinking about but thinking about it now, you know, and and Kuzma had Kuzma's showing some signs. I still think he's going to be traded this summer, um, but. The Lakers have taken a, the Lakers have taken a, I think a, a fairly intelligent loan through here because they're still going to have some value with Kuzma when they trade him. They're still going to be able to get something this summer, and they will also have those three guys who have the had the no trade contracts because they would have lost their bird rights. So now, and that 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 uh, CBA rule basically was just to prevent people from getting traded right away. So this summer, if they re-up and ex- exercise their player options, they're immediately tradable, and the Lakers can include them. So you all of a sudden got JaVale McGee, Rajon Rondo, and um, who's the third one? Casey is the KCP, I think. KCP. Yeah. You've got yeah, three well, more. You've got three more trade assets that you now can aggregate into a trade this summer, along with Kuzma. Plus, you've got a ten million dollar full MLE because we're an over the cap team this year. 
So but there's again, going to be some I, action this summer. Could be, but it's going to be somewhat of a dry free agent market. But yep. uh, everybody's gearing towards 2021. Yep. Uh, you know, and I understand Genius Immortal. You, you and Tom both are big proponents of Rob Palenka. With me, I just wanted to see his and evaluate his performance from point A to point C this season before you give him that bump up in raise, before you give them that bump up in title. That was the big deal. Big deal on that. TJ Johnson from Voice from the Underground, who also appears on the show from time to time, he and I were agreeing that you know, you before there was no need to go ahead and give Rob Palenka that title change in January. There was no need to go ahead and and do what you need to do until you you evaluate the, his work over the entire season, and then you decide if he's going to be the answer long term for you because. You know, the, the trade for Anthony Davis, I think you gave up. You were only bidding against yourselves when it comes to Anthony Davis because it looked like nobody else was going to give up as much as the Lakers did. And I think they could have saved maybe one or two assets that they couldn't have not, you know, didn't have to trade, which might have helped them at the you know the trade deadline or whatnot. So they could get, as you said, Genius Immortal, the better of the two Morris twins at this point in time. But again, it, we're we're – you know, we're arguing over semantics here, and the fact is, it is, yes, Rob Palenka, you know, he is the man in charge right now. I'm hoping long-term that he makes the right moves because they're going to go ahead and have to win now. They're they're in a win-now mode, and if you're not in a win-now mode, then you're in trouble because the Lakers' window is very small. You have nothing long-term. You have no assets long-term, and you've got a real hard problem to look three, five years down the line. But right now is your window. Right now is the time that you got to go ahead and make that move and make all the moves you can. I know we're, a lot of Lakers fans are going to go back and forth on not trading Kuzma for Morris or anyone big at the trade deadline. I know if the Lakers don't end up winning the championship, I know that's probably going to be one thing that people focus in on, people zero in on, is that. So we'll wait and see. I mean, he is still getting the experience in the GM position, getting the experience in the vice president position. So Rob Palenka, for now, he's done a very good job. I'm not going to give you that. I'm not going to say otherwise, but I would have waited on giving him, you know, what he wanted so early in the, in the season. I would have waited until the end of the season and then evaluated the whole performance from there. But again, it is what it is. Uh, and right now with the Lakers are doing very well, they are leading the Western conference and I'll tell you what, it is great to see what the Lakers are doing. I'm just hoping, as you know, Tom, that they can go ahead and pull something out of, the, you know, pull a rabbit out of the hat with some of these buyouts that they're getting at this point in time. And we'll talk about that in a sec, but he is, you know, I, I understand that you know, Genius Immortal because he's saying that Palenka is in possession of a great negotiating prowess, which he likely used, utilized to create security for himself. Yes. Yeah, he he is very savvy. When you're Kobe's agent for so many years, you are going to have that savvy and negotiating prowess. And obviously, he knew he hit Genie at the right time, at the right place. So give him props for that. But again, you just you know, I, I, I think you, I think you have it wrong there, Juro. I think that I've been an entrepreneur all my life, and my last job was running was a CFO of a eighty million dollar solar company. And one of the things that you do is you want to take your key employees and motivate them. And I'm not looking at it. The, the worst thing to do when you're running a business or a country is to run it on a transactional basis. Instead, you need to have a game plan and long-term stability. And I think what Palinka did that really deserved, made him deserving of the new point of becoming the vice president of basketball operations and getting a raise was simply stabilizing a franchise that was in dire need six months ago. And he basically, nobody, there's been no talk. And look at all of the talk about going through the trade deadline. The Lakers have been a silent organization. They've been doing their job. They've been taking care of business. There haven't been rumors. They can't, they don't allow, you know, Ramona Shelburne to get inside information like she used to be able to get. And, the big, and, and that's really the big thing that he's done. He's taken and stabilized it and got everybody in this organization on the same wavelength. And that success that Palinka's enjoyed, very similar to the success that the Warriors general manager, uh, who was a prior agent, 
And it's one of the reasons why the Knicks, when they went to, to figure out how to get out of their mess, uh, basically we're looking at player agents because these are guys who've got, number one, they have to be excellent talent evaluators because that's basically what they do. You've got to pick which clients you want to have as your clients, and they better be the right clients or you're not going to get the types of contracts that you want for them. You're not going to have the stats to back it up and, and the potential to back it up in order to get them those types of contracts. And so I don't think it was a case, frankly, of Palenka lobbying for this position or anything. I tend to think that instead Jeannie Buss understands that they needed stability and Rob Palenka stabilized this franchise. And I think she rewarded him for that to make sure that he understood that he was the long-term solution, to make sure that everybody who talked to him and negotiated with him understands going forward that Rob Palenka is the Lakers' front office that he is the head of basketball operations for the team, and he's going to be making the major decisions. And I think that when I look back at it, I've always thought I'm a really smart guy in basketball, and I make a lot of great observations and insights and so forth, but I'm just a fan. When it comes down to it, I'm just a fan. And as a fan, I don't have that same professional, the professional view that Palinka has of the situation. I would probably be way too impetuous and, and impatient with situations. Palenka basically has all of that inside information that you and I don't have. He deals with these people on a daily basis. He deals with the competition on a daily basis. And he understands and has a long-term thing. He built a he built an agent business from scratch that was one of the top businesses in the in the whole industry. And he had many of the top players in the industry. A guy who could get Kobe Bryant to, you know, really throughout his whole career. And I think that We've seen now that you don't hear any more talk about how Rob Palenka was uh, incapable of understanding the cap or incapable of making a good deal or incapable of negotiating it. Could he have gotten maybe a better deal for Anthony Davis? Anything is possible, but by the same token, there was nothing more important than landing that deal for Anthony Davis. And during that whole process, he showed that he understood exactly which steps he had to take, exactly which players he had to get rid of in order to clear the cap space in order to make that deal. And then when he went after Kawhi, he made a, he made a judgment that that was the move to make, even though there was a good chance that they weren't going to get it. And it took it took basically the Clippers willing to pull their pants down and give everything in the world to the Oklahoma Thunder, Oklahoma City Thunder, in order to get that trade for Paul George. Otherwise, Kawhi would have joined the Lakers because he wasn't going to join the Clippers without that. And then Palenka turned around and actually made great moves to build this roster and to create a roster and to create the coaching staff and the chemistry that has this team in first place by six games in the loss column lined up to be the number one seed, the second best record in basketball, and the greatest player, the number one MVP in the league right now, healthy and playing, and they're starting to do a little load management as they head down the road. They held firm and didn't make a deal at the trade deadline because I think they felt comfortable that they were going to get a better deal next summer. They were playing win now, but they're not going to throw everything in the belt. They, they're playing win now, but they're also playing to win multiple championships. That's always been the Lakers' way. That's what Lakers' exceptionalism means. And that's why Palenka has played this game perfectly. That's my opinion. Well, that's a great opinion. And Genius Immortal, I think, agrees with you on it. You've got a great fan right there. So with Genius Immortal, he he's uh, pretty much uh, agreeing with what you said. So that's uh, great to see that. And with me, though, I'm just a results guy. And if the Lakers, yeah. I, I'm just going to tell you right now. Well, I'm just a, and I'm just a fan too, you know. I mean, you know, I was you know for a trade. Running Lakerholics.net, you know this, that the minute if the Lakers lose in the second round, to the Clippers or whoever, and it's not even close to what you wanted it to be out of the season. Guess who's coming with the pitchforks? Guess who's guess where they're going ahead and they're starting first? They're starting right at Rob Palenka, and that's the problem so. right there. I I, I, so. I know that's where I'd go. I'm sorry, that's where I'd go right there. He was <laughs> he was very vulnerable at one point in time during the yes. whole FDM Magic Johnson thing. Yeah, and you're right, and and genius too, and, and I'm, I'm going to go to say that, but again. The jury's still out on the performance. I'm again, I need to Twitter may come after him, but Jeannie Buss is not going to. Yeah. Well, that's Jeannie's always been an impulse person and she's she's always acting on impulse and that she did. But again, it's done, it's done. 
And I just want to see what the Lakers are going to look like now because their window is very short with LeBron. Yeah. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Hey, listener, Dutch here from Voice from the Underground, the podcast. My co-host and I want to invite you to check out our little corner of the podcast verse. At Voice from the Underground, we talk about all the crazy happening around us and try to make a little bit of sense out of the nonsense with little to no results. If the idea of hearing three semi-intelligent, outspoken nerds talk about politics, social issues, current events, sports, movies, pretty much anything that we decide to talk about because, well, it's our show, appeals to you, grab your shovel and come on down to the underground and then consult a qualified psychotherapist. Find us wherever you get your podcasts, just not where you buy your weed. Boys from the underground. Nothing's guaranteed. The ball can bounce the wrong way. An injury can happen. You know, I mean, that's why you play the games instead of just writing it down on paper. This is true. This is true. Well, getting back to what we were going to talk about here, when I went off a tangent with uh, Rob Belenka, again, always a source of conversation <laughs> for us on this show. And always yeah. a source of conversation on your Rob side. Rob Belenka or Rajon Rondo? Take, well, Rajon Rondo, I think you're coming to see my side of things. Oh, yeah, I'm all the way over with your side. Yes. Uh, you know, if, if Genius uh, – nice talking to you as well, Genius Immortal – all the best to you, and thanks for subscribing and check out our videos. Our podcasts are available on Apple Podcasts at any point in time. And Lakerholics.net. Laker Tom is always available on Lakerholics.net, so check him out there as well. Thanks for being a part of it. Always best to you. All the best to you. But, again, when it comes to what we're seeing with the Lakers, Rajon Rondo, I think that's something that always you're, you've come around to that point when it comes to Rajon Rondo. I mean, you, I, I saw from last year to this year the trend to where it's going. But when it comes to, you know, let's go back to LeBron James for a second. I know a lot of prognosticators are talking about MVP and Giannis. And I, I cannot argue with, you know, Giannis, he, you know, in 30 minutes, 40 points, you know, the, the games that he's having, he's on a great team. He's got the best record. It's really hard for to say, hey, he doesn't deserve the MVP for a second time, but you know, it, can he do these? Can he get these numbers? Can he have this kind of performance at 35? That's the question I would ask because at 35, LeBron James is killing it. He's leading the league in assists. He's doing such a tremendous job out there. And LeBron James, to me, I'm going to say at this point in time, is a slight MVP just because of the fact he's doing all these great things for the team and all these great things for the league at such an advanced age over what Giannis is doing at this point in time. And yes, hold on. Mike Battaglia, we are live right now recording for the Lakers fast break podcast. Just uh, thank you so much for joining us and and appreciate you watching. Go ahead, Tom. Well, I think, I think the thing people have to realize is that Giannis is on a team that he's been on for several years now. And, uh, and he's, you know, you can say that he's got the best record and so forth, but if you take a look at the at the team and and you compare the on and off stats for Giannis versus LeBron, um, the Lakers still have a problem when LeBron's not on the court. And aside from that, there's just that that whole thing of the challenge. If you take if you were to take LeBron off of the Lakers and you were to take Giannis off of the Bucks, I don't think there's any question which team would be the better team. Um, because the Bucks overall have a better roster than the Lakers do. They have a deeper roster. They have an ex- a roster that's been together, and they have a roster that has a better winning record without him than the Lakers do with LeBron and has a higher net rating without him on the court than the Lakers do with LeBron off the court. Uh, aside from that, there's just the there's just the whole thing that this is a regular season award, but it's also influenced by the quality of the players in the playoffs. And the reason why when we get into the playoffs, you're going to find a lot of people expecting the Lakers to be the favorites and not the Bucks, is the simple reality that Giannis has not shown that he can do it in the playoffs. He didn't even make the finals last year. Um, and so, you know, you, you've got to keep that in the back of your mind. Uh, and throughout the whole season, they beat the Lakers one game. It was the only game that Giannis has shot better than five out of eight from three-point land in the 50 games that they've played already this year. So, you know, when we get down to the nutty-gritty, you're going to see that LeBron James is the MVP. 
And I think if it's anywhere near close by the time we get to the end of the season, I can't see many sports writers wanting to deny LeBron an opportunity to get another regular season MVP. Uh, and you'll hear the MVP time. chance in every stadium that he goes to. Uh, again, I want LeBron to be MVP. I think he is the deserving of the MVP just because the age difference and the age factor – but I don't think they're going to give it to him. I think they're going to give it to Giannis. I'm sorry. I'm just seeing this as objectively. I'm looking at it once again objectively. They are. They're most likely going to give it to Giannis. The narrative that he's creating in Milwaukee and the team that they're the record, their success. I think and they'll regret it when they. They'll regret it when the Bucks don't even make it to the finals. Well, you know, let's hope that's the case because they're a scary matchup right now. As of right now, they're a scary matchup right now for any team out there. But Again, I think LeBron should be MVP, but that's just my opinion. I know it's yours as well. If you've got yeah. an opinion out there and you want to share it with LeBron MVP or anything else that we've talked about on today's show, Genius Immortal, Mike Battaglia, they've all been a great part of this program watching us. But if you're listening out there and you have a question for us, on when you listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, just go ahead or any other of your podcast outlets for that matter. Just go ahead and give us a shout out, LakersFastBreak at Yahoo.com or at LakersFastBreak on Twitter. And while you're there, when you're listening to all the podcast apps, if you can give us that five-star review, that five-star review on the Apple Podcast, it helps bring out more people. It helps get Lakers fans more awareness of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. So we truly appreciate it if you can, if you do. And we cannot thank you enough for doing so. And don't forget to stop by Tom's site, Lakerholics.net. He'll be talking about it at the end of the show, all the great things that are going on at his site, Lakerholics.net. But, my friend, there's more to talk about when it comes to Lakers Fast Break for today's show. (laughs) And one of them is going to be a trip to Waiters Island, my friend, because Mm -hmm. over the weekend we did see Troy Daniels being let go. I like him personally. I thought he was someone that, you know, if he was given a chance in minutes, might have, you know, know, stuck with a team. Uh, Unfortunately, his defensive – deficiencies the fact i think and i i know i had this question brought up to me last night exactly his status and why he was let go you know he's a nice kid but he the reason why he's bounced around is on the defensive end because he is too small to guard forwards but is not quick enough to guard guards if that makes sense i just don't think he he's like a tweener but he's he you know he just is not able on the defensive end to match up well with anybody. Plus, he's not a very good uh, penetrate and drive to the hole type right. individual. That's not his game. So I think he is a specialty. Uh, you know, he's a specialist, and I think that's the problem right there. Is that the Lakers already have individuals that can do that a little bit better than he can. So unfortunately, his services were no longer needed. But a class way to go out, uh, you know, as far as his statement that he made towards the organization. I've got nothing but respect for him, and I wish him all the best in the rest of his NBA career. Yeah, I definitely too. Uh, you know, Troy's a forty percent career three point shooter, um, and actually, for the even though he didn't play a whole lot of minutes, uh, he has a top five defensive ranking on the Lakers. So it wasn't like he was a sieve on defense. Um, he's just not a great playmaker. And he's not a guy who can get his own shot. And right now, the Lakers are looking for somebody who can do that. So they're looking to improve the team with somebody who can play some minutes and and either do one or two things. Uh, get shots for himself and get shots for teammates. And the two guys they're looking at are two guys that uh, have sort of a uh, uh, tainted history with LeBron James. Uh, there's Dion Waiters. Famous for gummy bears. Uh, Yogi Bear, yeah. Keep gummy those gummy bears, bears on, away. Keep those gummy, gummy bears, bears away. And then you've got J.R. Smith, uh, famous for his uh, forgetting what the time was and so forth in the game and creating that little gap in the playoffs. It's a good question to ask you, Gerald. Who do you think of the two of them the Lakers are going to get and for what reason? And that's something Mike Battaglia wanted to ask right now. He said, did he miss the Dion versus J.R. conversation? <laughs> oh, no, my friend. Oh, no, it is right now. Uh, you know, according to Mike, he, he also seemed very low energy when he's talking about Troy Daniels and lacked any ability to sway momentum. I, I can understand. He he was never impacting a game. I don't. I think he rarely impacted the game on his own, uh, and I just don't think that's his – you know, I think on a team where he's given 25 to 30 minutes a game, I think he can give you a bigger impact. But, 
he, you know, just his demeanor, the way he was going about things, you never see that just like just rage going through him or that determination that I think that LeBron and a lot of his teammates need at this point in time. Great teammate to have, but he was kind of quiet. And I just think, right. you know, like I said, it, his play on the court is just something that was not conducive long term to what the Lakers were were going to go ahead and do. And I just I think if you go ahead and give him an opportunity to play, I think he can stick in this league and have a regular spot for at least two, three, four more years because of the fact he can shoot the ball so well. Yeah, he's an NBA player, and, and the only problem was in the Lakers, he's the 15th player. And basically the Lakers are looking to sign somebody who will be the 10th or 11th player. And so that's an upgrade to get somebody to come in there who can do some of the things that Troy couldn't. And and at the head of the list is make points. They need somebody who can come up and be scorer off of the bench, somebody you can count on. Um, I tell you, I I think it's going to come down to whoever has the best workout. I think that's really what it is. Both guys haven't played for a while. What if JR both guys do well? What if both you know, guys do well? Could Jared Dudley be on the outs? No, I don't think so. I think Dudley's a big part of the Dudley is a big part of the chemistry and is the sort of the veteran that holds the team together. And they're not going to March first has gone by, so anybody they cut right now can't be signed for another team for the playoffs. Um, so there's no there's no real. If they were going to open up two spots, they would have done it on March first, which is the last day they had to drop somebody. So, so you think you look at the two you look at the two players. Well, let's, let's and that's what I'm going to hit to is Mike Battaglia okay. was asking. Okay, who is better? Who for the Lakers right now, Dion or Jr.? I think that the key cue is the Instagram that LeBron put out, talking about why they called Jr. nine eleven, because when you need a shot, he can he can come there in emergency. Uh, he's the better three point shooter. He's the safer, more secure. Assuming that he's in shape, he can also play some defense. They both are two or three. They're both like two to three assists per game. Um, so they're ball. They're all better ball handlers or playmakers than almost anybody the Lakers have on the team because nobody in the Lakers, other than LeBron, Rondo, and uh, and uh, Davis, average more than three assists per game. They don't have any guards that average two or more. So uh, I think playmaking is sort of the secondary thing, but the most important thing is getting shots being able to get your own shots. J.R. Smith can do that, and I think because LeBron put out that tweet, if they are both if they both come in and both have, both have equal equal tryouts, I think the nod goes to J.R. Now, if Waiters comes in and has and has a better workout, I think that they're, they would be willing to take a chance on him. Um, but he has more baggage to carry than, than J.R. does in my mind because his baggage is the kind that, really bothers you because you wonder about how it could affect the chemistry of the team and so forth. J.R. Smith uh, uh, is going to come in and he's going to be a guy that you know you can count on to, to make a basket. And if you were, if LeBron was going to throw the ball out to somebody, a wide open three point shooter, uh, and he had to choose between those two guys. And in a certain way, I think LeBron is going to make this decision uh, for the Lakers. I think he, he'll be a big part of whatever they decide. Uh, they especially want to turn to him since he did play with both of them on the Cavs. So I think it's it's a big part of this is going to be LeBron's decision. And I think it'll be J.R. Smith. Are you sure? No. Uh, I'm going to send you that sure. meme. I'm going to send you that friend. meme. I want to send you that meme so bad. <laughs> and, and if people don't remember what we talked about on the previous podcast, I'm talking about the meme with the look that LeBron game after yeah. Jr. had that brain fart in the finals. But so. LeBron, but LeBron put out that put out a very positive tweet. Okay, all you right. Know, Fair I mean, that, that Instagram message was pretty clear that now, hey, I would play with Jr. again. He oh. wants some. Listen, LeBron, look at the play LeBron made last night. <laughs> Steps in bounds and then hands the ball off. I mean, at a crucial time of the game. That's you know talk about an embarrassing move. Uh, that's two for him this year. That's two for him this season. So you know it happens. The guys have brain farts and it happens. And but I, I think when it comes down to it, you know, J.R. Smith can shoot. He's not afraid to take the shot. And there aren't many people who don't choke up a little bit when they're taking a last minute shot. Let's say the game or a series, a playoff series, perhaps is hanging on. 
And LeBron's the kind of guy who's going to make the right play, and he's going to pass that ball to somebody. And he, thank God we just don't want it to be Rondo. <laughs> you know? We'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Rob McCallum Films is back with a vengeance. Power of Grayskull, the definitive history of He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, which chronicles the ultimate 80s billion-dollar franchise, Masters of the Universe. See exclusive interviews and hear untold stories from the people responsible for creating the world of Eternia, a place full of magic and science, and learn about the craft of creating action figures and animation. Power of Grayskull is just one of our many projects at Rob McCallum Films. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm worried about if... JR or Dion Waiters, either one that gets on the roster, if they're going to cut into Caruso's minutes, because that would be a problem for me. Playoff Rondo is going to get his shots, but if Playoff Rondo plays two minutes and he hasn't played well in those two minutes, he may find those two minutes to be the only time he gets. Bobo's going to put him on a short leash. Uh, I, I hope so. I hope so. But I wanted to go ahead and touch on what Mike Battaglia was saying. And that's, uh, he said there's a Masonic Latin saying, transform the weakest point into the cornerstone. And he also thinks that Dion Waiters is a better fit, but he agrees with you that it is going to be LeBron that's going to be making the final decision on this and who he is more comfortable with. There is also Dion Waiters memes in his days in Cleveland with LeBron that are very <laughs> amusing as well. So right. neither of them have always been on the favorite Christmas card list from time to time with LeBron, but he has said nice things in recent times on Twitter. So we'll see. And yes, Mike, JR does have a championship pedigree. You know, he does, he brings to the table. He has performed in the finals. He's also made a brain fart in the finals, but I don't think you would be playing him in that clunch last two minutes of a game at this point in time. I don't, I don't hold enough weight for what you're talking about is Dudley being that stability in the locker room as much as if it takes Jared Dudley to be the stability in your locker room, then you're really not well, doing if, something if, well. If we, were gonna, if we were going to cut another player, it might have been Dudley. But adding one player is one thing. And I think so far, Markeith Morris has done a good job. And he's been he's, he's come along. He's done his job the way he's supposed to have been. He's shown a little bit of being an enforcer for the Lakers. And then the second guy in getting rid of Troy, so you finally got rid of a guy who's actually played some games for you, you know, been part of the team on the floor, whereas DeMarcus hadn't been. But I don't think that they would want to go to any more changes than that. Um, and I think that this is also, again, points to, points to the smart, savvy general manager approach that uh, Rob Palenka has taken to the trade deadline and to the buyout market. I think we've made smart moves. If whoever they pick up the ad is going to give them somebody who can get their own shot. And that's well, something that we really have needed. Well, I, we've got only just a few minutes left. So I ask you this, my friend, one last question. And that is the amazing combo when you look at it on paper, plus minus of LeBron James and Alex Caruso. The Caruso for Caruso. So I ask mm -hmm. you, my friend, because they are, I believe, or number one or number two in the NBA as a number tandem. Number two right now, I think. Yeah. So number two in the NBA overall. And Genius Immortal, when he was on the air, he actually sent this question out. We could never cover it because we were talking about so many other things and Rob Palenka and all that and all this stuff. Is is this a fluke or is this more a real-life story, for, especially on the side of Alex Caruso? Um. I think it's a combination of the two, to be honest with you, because I think that you see a lot of criticism on Twitter for fans, other fans of other players who think that, why is all of this thing happening for Caruso? Um, the reality is that there is something behind the high plus minus and the high net rating that Alex has playing with LeBron. And it's because of a couple of things. One, he is, not, he is by far the Lakers' best defensive player other than Anthony Davis. Um, you watch him game in and game out. Guys do not beat him off of the dribble. He stays between his man. He makes smart plays. Um, he's gotten better in ball handling. He's gotten better in playmaking. He's gotten better in his three-point shooting than he was earlier this year. Um, you put all of those things together, and, he, and he's a great compliment because he does everything fairly well, and he does very few things poorly. Um, but there's also a factor in there that he's become, you know, uh, almost like a meme hero for the Lakers. You know, it's it's the people yelling MVP and it's just, you know, it's like taking the average guy, 
it's like taking you or I and sticking us in a uniform on the court. And my God, the guy actually plays pretty well. Um, and so there's there's that there's that everyday guy aspect to it that that really makes Caruso the fan of everybody. I keep uh, looking for him when I'm at the YMCA. Yeah, exactly. You know, he could be the guy that you passed the ball to last weekend in the pickup game. Um, but the truth is, is he's a very he's a six five guy. He's got great athleticism. And he's smart, and 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 he makes he makes some great plays. He makes some great reads, and he's getting better. I think that that uh, I think I think Frank Bogle really now appreciates that. And and you'll like this part. I actually think that there's no question that many of the Rondo minutes are going to go to Caruso, and many of the Rondo minutes are going to go to whoever Waiters or J.R. Smith get added. I think Caruso uh, is definitely going to close out games. Uh, he's basically just become part of the closing lineup. Um, very much like you see Howard, at least until we hit the two minute mark, you know? Um, so I think that, that, that Rondo's going to, Rondo will have his moments and he'll get his opportunities against certain matchups, but Vogel is a good enough coach to understand that four out of five times Rondo is not going to deliver, you know? That may be worth one game. That may be worth one playoff game in each series that Rondo could be terrific, or maybe two if he's really playing his heart out and playing the best that he can do. But the other four or five games in each of those series, basically, you're going to see that time go to other people, and you're going to see Mondo playing four minutes and five minutes in a game. It's not going to be playing the 10, 12 minutes that he's been playing so far. And I'm probably going to get the messages from you on Twitter about playoff Rondo when that happens. Yeah. It'll happen. It'll happen sometime. It'll happen indeed. But well, listen, I, you know, listen, there's a, I feel for Rondo because what's happened is here you have a guy who is probably next to LeBron James, maybe one of the smartest basketball players out there as far as understanding the game and understanding the court and so forth. The problem is, is that he just can't do what he used to do. And he just can't play defense good enough like he once could when he was an all defensive player. And, uh, you know, an old guy like me, you know, I get out there in the court with uh, my son and my grandson and my granddaughters even. Um, man, I wish I could still do some of the things I could do when I was younger. And you understand all of these things and you, you see those plays develop and you see those opportunities. And then you try to do them and your body just won't let you do them. And that's what happened with Rondo, you know. Um, and every so often he'll, he'll get that spark and he'll, he'll hit those shots and so forth. But otherwise, one or two bricks, he's going to be gone. That's true. Let's hope that that's the case. And that he doesn't hit the bricks, mind you, but that he, you know, if he's not doing well, that he gets a, a one early or two break. defensive lapses, one or two bricks, and one or two intercepted passes, and he's out of the game. Well, I think it's a less fluke than you do in regards to, uh, you know, Alex Caruso and LeBron James as a top tandem or one of the top tandems in the league. Mm -hmm. I, but also think that as much as I don't like it, it is a matter of Frank Vogel's timing on when he puts the Caruso into the game and when he plays and at the times that he plays. We saw it in Memphis where he started the game and really wasn't a great fit at that point in right. time. It really yep. didn't work out well. But in his normal position, working out of the break glass in case of Caruso type emergency type deal that he often is, in the latter half, the second half, uh, first half, and also the second half as well, I think he works quite well and meshes with LeBron in a way that a lot of teams have a hard time in dealing with. So I think it's less fluke, but I also think it's also planning when you really look at it that Frank Vogel makes. And I like to see that continue, and I hope it continues throughout the playoffs. But yep. my friend... I want to go ahead before we head on out, thank Mike Battaglia. And also as well, I want to give a big shout out to Genius Immortal. Both those guys, thanks so much for watching the show. And also everybody who else checks out the show on, you know, on Apple Podcasts and have all of our other podcast outlets. If you have a question again, it's at Lakers Fast Break on Twitter or Lakers Fast Break at Yahoo.com. Please give us that five-star review. But before we head on out, Laker Tom, you got to tell everybody what's the conversation going on at Lakerholics.net. They're all sitting and wondering who we're going to sign, just like you are, Gerald. Everybody, you know, everybody feels the same way as we did about Troy Daniels. Great member of the team, classy guy, played well when he got his minutes. He just basically was a 15th man on the roster. 
And at some point in time, when there's a chance to upgrade the roster and bring somebody in who can be the 10th or 11th man, then uh, Troy had to go. So I wish him the best. And everybody on the, on the blog is is really happy with the move. It's kind of funny. I haven't seen a whole lot of negativity toward signing waiters or J.R. Smith. And I think it's just a recognition that the Lakers are being smart about making moves that won't really hurt their chemistry, making moves to improve the roster, to fill some of the holes that they have, um, and yet not willing to throw away an asset like Kuzma that they think they can get a bigger reward for this summer. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw a deal this summer to bring in you know, a point guard, maybe Zach Levine, I think is a perfect target to try to drag from the Bulls. Um, they were interested in Kuzma. They'll be even more interested in him this summer because I think Levine is going to be demanding a trade at some point in time. So I think that, uh, again, we get back to the Rob Palenka thing. I think that uh, everybody, there's a, there's a pretty strong support for how the Lakers front office has handled themselves and how the team has handled themselves uh, for the first uh, 60% of the season. Um, and I think as we move forward, everybody's uh, pretty much in agreement. Nobody's worried about the fact that we gave LeBron a day off. We're giving, you know, AD a day off. Those are the types of moves that I think we're going to see as we move further in the season. Three big games coming up now that we got through these four games that we should win. We've got the 76ers, the Bucks, and the Clippers. And uh, those are going to be uh, test number 101 for the Lakers, you know. Can the Lakers survive three teams like that, you know. Uh, it's going to be a real big challenge and so forth. And you know what? I think the Lakers are going to come out and they're going to meet that challenge just like they've done every other challenge they've had so far this season. One of the guys on the blog, Mongo, basically has developed this thing called SOS, the steel on steel. And he gives a ranking based upon how the teams, all of the teams have done against playoff teams against each other. And uh, which is a great measure that Mongo's developed that, that really gives you an idea of who, who plays well against the better teams. Uh, we know the Lakers kill against the teams that they're supposed to beat. And nobody else seems to match that. But uh, we're right there, maybe about two-thirds of the way up on the pack. But there's still some teams that we need to take care of in order to improve our SOS rating. And I think that we're going to find out in those three games coming up in early March here how good the Lakers really are. If we can take down the Bucks and the Clippers uh, and the 76ers, who could, you know, are always dangerous just because they've got Embiid. Uh, if we can take those three games down, then I think the Lakers will become the favorites going into the playoffs. Once again, that's Lakerholics.net. You got to be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.net. A great group of people that are all running it along with you, Laker Tom, having that conversation each and every day. It doesn't get too testy or nasty. It's just a lot of great opinions going on about what's going on with the Lakers and everything there. It is Lakerholics.net. It is going to be a great week for the Lakers because they are playing some heavy-duty matchups in Philadelphia, the Bucks, and also the Clippers. So by the time we meet, we'll have even more to talk about when it comes to what happened in the past week when it comes to Lakers. I'm hoping the incidents, you know, the stuff that's going on with the coronavirus, I hope they don't prevent the Lakers from being able to play these games. I hope that they'll still be able to go ahead and finish the season out strong and, and be able to go ahead without interruptions. And also, everybody out there, please stay healthy. I'm, my prayers and thoughts are out with everybody out there that are being affected by what's going on with the coronavirus and all that. So our thoughts are with you for the Lakers fast break. But before we head on out, uh, I just wanted to go ahead and just thank again Mike Battaglia and also Genius Mortal for watching. Oh, wait, you know, do you hear that sound, Tom? Do you hear that sound? <laughs> oh, that's the, the ship coming in. That's the ship coming in because we're both going on a trip to Waiters Island, I think. You do? Huh? Okay. I think we're going on a trip to Smith Island. All right. Well, we'll have to wait and see whether you're going to go ahead and who shot JR or <laughs> trip to Waiters Island. We'll have to wait and see who gets the props and who gets the slot for the upcoming Lakers roster going forward as they head towards the playoffs. It's just a great time always talking to you. Cannot thank you enough. Please check us out also as well Tuesday nights at 9 on the RTF Sports Network. Cannot thank enough them each and every week as we head on out on that great station. Thanks so much, Mike and Genius Immortal for watching. And I'll tell you what, it's just so awesome to talk to you each and every week right here on the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. <laughs>